Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. Hello, a very good afternoon. The name is Gavin Duffy. I'm here filling in for Jerry Kelly. I'm actually delighted to be here because uh, on a day like today, I start getting nervous. I, I do. I start getting really worried about how we're going to do in the football. Uh, and it's regardless of the sport. If it's rugby, if it's soccer, as it is tonight in the Aviva Stadium, I, from the afternoon, start getting a little edgy. And I think it's because, as a fan, you've absolutely no input, no control whatsoever, and I start to get edgy. So it's great to have something to take my mind off it. I got a phone call early this morning. Would I come in and fill in for the great Jerry Kelly? Now, that's a large pair of shoes to fill. But I'm here doing my best, and uh, Louise Walsh is the far side of the desk there to, to help and assist me. And I'm about as organised and prepared as Prince Andrew was for that interview on Saturday night on BBC Newsnight. I'm sure at this stage you've seen the clips. Uh, but actually, the strange thing is, if you go and watch the full programme, uh, I had it on, on record, if you watch the full programme, it's actually worse when you see it all, because you're left with the conclusion, he's either very stupid or there was something strange going on. It didn't do anything to answer the many questions that certainly the British press uh, have. So, uh, yeah. Uh, But looking forward to what is a very busy programme today. Uh, Shortly we'll be hearing from uh, me, the Crime Prevention Officer, Sergeant Sergeant Dean Kearns, who's uh, here to tell us that, unfortunately, as shops get busy in the run-up to Christmas, they also become a target for thieves. We hear from a woman who has uh, been voted Britain's best bookie. Now, that's some title to have. And she's from Kilmessen in County Mead, well, originally, um, and she's now Britain's best bookie. Fado, Fado, when I was a child, um, children were supposed to be seen and not heard. And if there was a death in the family, well, there was a lot of silence. You weren't really informed that much. How do you best Best cope with children and grieving is something we'll be talking about on the programme today. I don't know about you if you've caught it, but uh, the bit I've seen, I'm thoroughly enjoying Catherine Fulvio's new TV series, Tastes Like Home. Uh, she'll be joining us in studio later. Congratulations uh, to Sunhill Nursing Home in Termin Fecken. Uh, they've won one 
No, in fact, they've won two awards, uh, national awards, and uh, we'll be talking to uh, Shane Kelly and uh, Pauline Conlon, one of the recipients of one of the national awards uh, later on also. And I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing and meeting Leah Barnville. Uh, do you remember, what is it? we're going back a couple of years, she was only 14. She went on Britain's Got Talent and she really was fantastic. And we're going to hear about her uh, upcoming show this weekend in Rathout, but more importantly, how her career is uh, progressing. But first, well, um, if you're a dog lover and the world is divided, there are some families and the most important being in their uh, life and in the family circle is uh, the dog. And uh, then there's others who uh, miss out, I think, a lot on life because uh, they don't appreciate how wonderful it is to have a treasured pet. And when a pet goes missing... Well, it's it's worse than a bereavement in the family. And when you hear news that the dog you've been so worried about has been recovered or found, well, it's a great relief. So uh, on the line from Omi, there's uh, Paul O'Hanlon. Paul, you got great news on Saturday. Uh, what happened? Was it a phone call? How did you get the news that the collie dog, Roy, uh, and we'll hear what a wonder dog he is in a moment, but uh, you, you got news he was safe and sound. Yeah, so on Saturday, my dad and my wee brother and sister were out in Carrie just out checking sheep, and uh, received a phone call from a local farmer by the name of Paddy McNamee. And he just said, I've got a dog up in my field up here. Do you want to just take a chance in case it could be right? And of course, you know, perked up with the fact that it could be right. They went looking, and after a few minutes of hill climbing, there he was, you know, at the top of the hill, waiting for them to come get him. Well, that's amazing. Now, you just we'll remind listeners, if you would, that uh, Roy got a fright at Halloween, as people do. They let off these bangers, and and uh, it can have a, a very negative impact and frighten. And the dog just ran away and must have got lost or something. But what's that? That's Saturday was the sixteenth of November, so this has been more than two weeks. You had a huge search going on trying to to find Roy. Yeah, that's correct. On the Halloween week, like we would have Roy in the house during the night time, and he was just on the Friday. Him and Dad were out doing a bit of farming as Roy is a sheepdog. And just during the day, like somebody lit up fireworks and boom, off he went. So we waited about a day or two before we put up on Facebook our dogs missing and stuff like that. And really from there, it kicked all and like it, the news spread. Like it, Roy is being searched in Cork and in the UK and in the Northern Ireland. Like the amount of people actually shared the post, commented and were sending us messages of possible dog sightings was just, it's so overwhelming, like. Now, Paul, just for our LMFM listeners, many of whom, you know, will live in very large conurbations like Ashburn or Dundalk or, you know, Navan or, or whatever, built-up areas, you're in Omeath, and that's the wonderful thing about the LMFM area. You can be, you know, right in a built-up town uh, or, or you can be out uh, in the countryside and uh, it, very isolated. How important was this collie dog to you, your dad, the farm, how long had you had him? And then we're going to hear about presently uh, the, 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 the time your dad had a, uh, an accident with the quad. But like, how important is a good dog like that on a farm? Oh, Roy is 
hugely important. Like we've had Roy ever since he was a young dog. Now we've had him for ten years, so he's fairly old now. Like and he's not just a pet. Like he was a part of this family, and we were all just hugely devastated when he did go missing. And uh, just it's it, it's just so relieved I have him back now because honestly, we, come Friday there we had decided like we weren't going to get him anymore. Like we just kind of started to give up hope. Yeah, the, you 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 had done a very extensive search, as you say, uh, it had spread over what, 400 miles, I'm told. Uh, you had great help, uh, as people are in these circumstances, because all animal lovers would reach out to you and would want to help you recover, Roy. But for your dad, it was very important. Tell us about the accident uh, some years back when uh, dad took a top a topple. As, as people can, it happens far too often, it's happened to me, off a quad, and uh, what Roy did. So uh, basically, Roy and Dad have this close special bond where wherever Dad goes, Roy goes with him and stuff like that. So a few years ago, they were just up in the mountain, just you know, checking sheep and stuff. And uh, it just happened that the quad turned over on Dad, and he was trapped under it. And uh, instead of running away or whatever, Roy actually stayed by his side the whole time. Yeah, and uh, now I, I believe. The, it was quite a bit of time because, as I said, this is isolated countryside. So how long did Roy stay with your dad, who was uh, caught under the quad? It was a, a good couple of hours, about three to four hours he was trapped under it. And he was lucky enough that a few hill walkers going by actually spotted him. And from there, to kind of freedom from there then. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. So... Tell me, how, what was Dad's, uh, the, you know, the, what was the family's reaction on, you, you know, hearing the news on Saturday, driving out, finding Roy? Uh, I mean, just for the family, it, it, it must have been amazing. It really was, because uh, with the amount of possible sightings we had, like we had tra- travelled over 400 miles up and forth, and wherever you get the word that somebody may have seen him and then he's not there, you know, it, it kind of took the wind out of you. So then, aside when we got the call, we were very hesitant on the fact that could it really be Roy, especially after 15 days, and especially with all the horrible weather we had. So we were very hesitant when we actually received the call. But when we saw him, it was just the broke then in tears, and just it, it was really overwhelming. So it was. Well, I'd say anyone listening is very delighted for the Hanlon family, but more importantly for uh, your, your your great dog, uh, the lovely collie that uh, goes by the name Roy. Uh, Paul, thank you for coming on to tell us uh, that story. I just thought it would lift people's hearts because, uh, as I said, those of us who are lucky enough to have uh, the company of uh, a great pet like uh, your dad has with Roy, it's very, very special. And a big thank you to everybody who helped the O'Hanlon family in the search. Uh, Paul, happy Christmas to you. It's not too early to say that, but uh, uh, get something really special for for Roy this Christmas. All right? Will do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Yeah, as I said, if you're uh, an animal lover, I I can imagine if one of our dogs went missing uh, from home like that, uh, there would be... uh, We we wouldn't sleep, probably. (laughs) And uh, there's a lot of people uh, feel like that. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. 
LMFM, the late lunch, just coming up to 10 minutes uh, to 2. Gavin Duffy sitting in for Jerry Kelly and uh, already calls and comments there about uh, Roy, the dog, being found in uh, Omid at uh, the weekend. Thank you for uh, getting in touch with uh, the programme. I uh, want to give a shout out to Con McGindley. Uh, people from the Dulik Belliestown area gathered on Saturday night in the TLT for one of these lip sync competitions. They're great fun. Uh, you know, the GA clubs and, and all sorts of clubs do all sorts of fundraisers. You know, we've had the Strictly's, we've had the Oscars and uh, now it's a uh, uh, lip sync remix competitions. But the reason I want to give a shout out to Con McGindley, who's former principal of the Marist School in Dundalk, lives in uh, the Eastmeath area, uh, was that he was in hospital and he came out of hospital to perform on stage for the local club on uh, Saturday night. And uh, that's commitment. So, uh, Con, you looked great in uh, the white suit, is what I'll say. Now, with Christmas just uh, weeks away, the queues are getting longer in the shops, and shops obviously get busy, and they're only delighted uh, to be busy. But one of the downsides of all of that is uh, this time of year when shops are busy and they're just doing their best to uh, provide good service to you, the customer, um, it's an opportunity for thieves to strike. And if there's anything that uh, retailers can do in the run-up to Christmas, we want you to lend an ear now uh, as we speak to Meads Crime Prevention Officer, Sergeant Dean Cairns. Dean, um, it's a pity that, you know, I'm saying on the one hand it's a good time of the year for the retailers, but also it's uh, an opportunity for thieves to strike. Hi, Gavin. Yes, unfortunately it is, but like it's the same every year in the lead up into Christmas. You know, everybody's everybody's busy, but that also includes the the criminals as well. They're getting busy and they're actually almost getting their own shopping list together. You know, so we always have to be mindful of that. So, what can retailers do, Dean? I suppose there's a number of things. You know, we're we're always trying to promote good crime prevention measures. You know, we're always trying to give out as much tips as we can, say, in relation to the store the store design itself, keeping important or keeping valuables under lock and key, having good signs, you know, getting your security in place. Even, I, I suppose, one of the important things is, is, is advising staff on how best to deal with what they would perceive as, as the different types of shoplifters that would be coming into the shop. You know, with a sole mind of maybe trying to, to rob various bits and pieces. And over the year, we see that the, the main things that have been robbed every Christmas, uh, it goes from alcohol, groceries, cosmetics and clothes. And they're probably the main things that have been targeted, you know, every year. And it's the same, you know, year in, year out, Joe. And I thought all that in addition to, say, their alarm system, their CCTV, it takes a little bit of everything to try and give the shop owner some chance of trying to reduce crime uh, in their shop over the Christmas. So, and and it was in in association with working with ourselves through the various uh, initiatives. You know, and the various way we get try get information out to them on scams. You know, either whether it's through the crime prevention Facebook page or email and service. You know, we're, we're trying to keep them up to date with as much information as we possibly can on a regular basis. You know, and Dean, uh, I'm just thinking. I, I presume as well, cash uh, managing the cash. You, you know, not not leaving the tills overfill nearly because that's going to be spotted by a thief, etc. They'll know what time to strike. So it is uh, managing the cash flow. Isn't that right? <clears throat> well, I suppose that's vital to any business. You know, in this day and age. You know, and it is important that that every single shop, if they have detailed one of their staff to look after the cash, they should be allocated, you know, a a few minutes each day or at different times of the day to ensure 
that they there's still limits in operation and they're strictly adhered to. You know, the cash is managed. It's not kept overnight unnecessarily. It's not kept for a number of days in the shop that every effort is made to get it either through a cash and transit company who will take the cash away or otherwise it's lodged on a regular basis either at the post office, the credit unions or on the banks. But you certainly don't want to, to have an excuse that they're too busy during the day you know, and then for someone to come in late at night or through a break-in and take all the hard work, we, we, you know, we don't, we, we, we just don't like to hear that at all. You know, we would hope that management will ensure that the staff dealing with cash, you know, have a, have time to ensure that that their their cash is lodged. And, and I, I suppose equally important to be aware of the different scams out there, either from credit card, you know, the fraudulent notes, counterfeit, counterfeit. Uh, notes in circulation and suppose it's a bit it's a busy time but it's it's also an important time for them to ensure that their security is at the highest i suppose that's the advice we're trying to get out there you know today and dean you mentioned uh counterfeit uh I, I, i'm advised uh this is the real time of the year uh they try to pass it off because uh they, they, they look for shops with a bit of a queue where it's very very busy and you don't have time to, 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 to check the cash, uh, is, is it real or is it counterfeit? So th- that's a big Christmas problem, isn't it? And it is, and it'll be starting next Friday and Black Friday. You know, that's probably the start of, of, of the big shopping days where there'll be huge volumes of cash <clears throat> and credit cards and checks in circulation. Now, there is facilities in place to check, you know, the, the various notes that are in circulation. And some of the counterfeit notes are really, really, really bad. But... It's important that staff are aware of what to do when they do come upon uh, the counterfeit cash because it's not a legal currency, so it, it shouldn't be accepted, you know, but it's to know that they should be contacting ourselves. All right, and, and, and Dean, uh, just a, a brief word about shopkeepers as well, be- or sorry, should I say the shoppers, because pickpockets, uh, this is a good time of the year for them. I shouldn't say good time, but you know what I mean, uh, that they see it as another opportunity for them. Oh, they do. And people should be mindful of when they're putting their PIN number in, when they're using their, their cash card or laser card at the tills or equally <clears throat> at ATMs. But also to be conscious of the levels of cash that they're carrying around with them because you can nearly use your card for nearly everything now. And just be, be very careful. Don't be flashing the cash, you know, for want of a better word, unnecessary. You know, if you know you're only going to spend 20 or 30 euro in shop, don't be taking out a wallet and it bundles with lots of cash. Just be very, very conscious and be careful. Uh, don't be taking any chances and be mindful of who's around you uh, going in out of shops, going in out of the financial bits, financial yeah. institutes. Be on your guard, as they say. Um, yeah. Sergeant Dean Kearns, just one final thing, uh, uh, just on a, on a different topic. A lot of people very upset to hear the news at the weekend that, that Graham Geraghty's Leinster medals were stolen uh, from his home in a break-in. Um, do, do you think, you, you know, in a situation like that, is there any chance they could be recovered, they will be uh, got back? Well, hopefully now, you know, <clears throat> there's, there's, uh, there's lots of social media, there's lots of the media have an interest in it, and hopefully somebody out there will see it, Ian Wright, that either get get their hands on all his medals, not just the Leinster medals, but he has a number of All-Ireland medals there as well. Uh, <clears throat> and hopefully somebody out there will see it in see it in the way that I can get their hands on those medals and get them back where they rightly belong and that's in the home of Graham Garrity and hopefully that will happen somewhere along the way. Yeah, it occurred on Friday night breaking in the house and his, uh, his medals uh, taken, but bad enough the house being broken into but, but uh, I know a lot of people are very upset about that. Sergeant Dean Cairns, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks Kevin. Bye now. 
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway Event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. Yes, it's uh, four minutes uh, past two. Uh, you're with the late lunch and uh, Gavin Duffy sitting in for uh, Jerry Kelly. Uh, by the way, Christmas just around the corner, so you'll be on the lookout for gifts for friends and loved ones. Well, there's a host of great Christmas present ideas on show at the Kings Court Community Development Craft Fair at Kings Court Community Centre this coming Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Now, there'll be over 80 exhibitors displaying uh, great Christmas present ideas. Uh, it is one of the Northeast's biggest exhibitions. And I'm told McNally's Pharmacy 365 will be on hand to offer free diabetes and blood pressure screening. My next guest has scooped the betting shop manager of the year. And can I just say, it's not easily won. This is a a competition that's run throughout the entire UK. Well, we're very proud that uh, one of our own uh, from Mead has won it. Sandra Gilmartin, congratulations on being the betting shop manager of the year. Um, What were the odds on winning this, uh, Sandra? Well, I'll have to add it's UK and Ireland, Gavin. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> it'll be the Eurovision next. Uh, it'll so, be the Eurovision well, next. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but Sandra, I, I, what I was trying to say is yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of people in for this competition and, and yet you come out on top. Yes, I, I, I was lucky. I'm blessed. It's a huge accolade, Gavin, in our industry. So, yeah, I'm happy. So uh, I think there was um, just uh, just over seven and a half thousand entries initially. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you obviously convinced the judging panel, and uh, I mean, it's a who's who of people from the horse racing industry. Uh, you obviously convinced them that you are the best betting shop manager in all of the United Kingdom and and Ireland. So uh, don't be shy. Don't hold back. Just tell us why you're so good. Oh, wow. Um, Well, there were seven regional managers along with uh, myself in the the finals. Um, What we all had in common is we all loved our customers and we all loved the industry itself. Um, What I had that may have just edged for me was, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, Gavin, but there was a little bit of a negative swell towards the bookies and and that here in the UK. Um, Yeah. Uh, especially regarding our fob tees and all that sort of thing. And, okay, these documentaries, if it means that one other person pays their rent next month or someone's child gets fed next month, that sort of thing, I'm okay with that. But they didn't give us an opportunity or give us a voice as as the face of the betting industry. And that frustrated me a little. And so I think that may have given me the edge, Um we have huge respect and love for our customers and we have a huge duty of care, especially at Paddy Powers, and we take it very seriously every day. So I think that just may have given me a little bit of the edge, Gavin. Well, well talk to me about that as, uh, as you brought it up. Um, and, you know, somebody who is dragged up in a pub, and I use that term advisedly, but uh, affectionately, but, um, you know, we were always conscious of our customers, but th- there was a point you had to say to a customer, no, I, I think you've had enough, uh, etc. That would be as regards alcohol. Um, somebody's coming into a-, a betting shop, they're placing bets, the bets are getting large, 
manager, they're not winning. Um, what, what do you do in that situation, Sandra Gilmartin? Well, Paddy Power provides us with tools for starters. Every new starter comes in and it's mandatory that they do their social responsibility courses and all that sort of things. So we have guides um, as to what to look out for, uh, changes in behaviour that even something as intricate as um, if you see someone moving furniture in your shop. Okay, why are they moving that furniture? It may be because they want to paste the floor. Something as intricate as that is what we need to look out for every day. But after saying that, Gavin, if you get to know your customers well, um, that's the nutshell, really, getting to know each and every one of your customers. And I suppose making yeah. the comparison with the pub trade, uh, the vast majority of people are 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 doing it are are doing it for the fun and the joy and the added yeah. excitement it brings to them. Who's going to score first tonight? Hopefully, it'll be uh, one of the Ireland team and Denmark don't score. You know, stuff like that. It gives you an added uh, interest. Uh, how did you get into the business? Uh, so you're, you're from originally from Kilmessen. So um, originally from Kilmessen, um, and proud of it. Oh, absolutely proud of it. Uh, there's a huge sporting element in Kemesson, as you probably know, Gavin. Mm. Uh, I played the Kemesson for years, and the girls in the Kemesson are not letting the side down since. I think they've won three All-Irelands, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, there's the, the horse racing, Adrian Maguire and Jason. They haven't let us down either. Um, my sister, she has been a greyhound trainer and breeder for... I hope she won't mind me saying this, probably near on 40 years. Um, and, oh, she cherishes her greys. So I had all that sort of, I'm a jack of all trades when it comes to sports, master of none, but I had all this sort of growing up. And I was initially working in the beauty industry as a receptionist. So I had the customer side of things down, as in I love to meet the customers. But um, Anissa, mine, Alicia, she, I know she's listening in. She was working in Bias Sports at the time. That was back in 2002. And she would nothing but positive things to say about it. So I thought, okay, with my love of sports, yeah, maybe a good fit for me. And I spent five years with boys and then started in Paddy Powers in 2007. And I'm with them basically since. So how did, you end up in, how did you end up in Coventry? Coventry, all right, okay. Long story short, uh, the crash in 2012, my better half, Ken, was offered a job in Canada. So we spent about nearly four years in Canada. Uh, things started to go awry there. So he met a friend that happened to be from Coventry. So this is a job perfect fit for you. Wanna, and I says, OK, it's closer to home. Let's give it a shot. And, I was lucky enough, I was only here in Coventry about two weeks when I landed at, with Paddy Power again. So, I was meant for it. It's, it's, it's what I know. It's what I do. So, No less a person than Bruff Scott. As you know, he was chairman of the judging panel. Uh, I'm going to read out what he said about you, Sandra Gilmartin. He said that you were going to bring your authenticity and a passionate voice to uh, the the world of uh, betting shops uh, when our industry needs it most. Now, that's uh, a a compliment. Another one I I sort of paid particular attention to uh, was, uh, you know, some of the commentary from uh, our colleagues in the Racing Post uh, as well. Uh, They were very impressed with you Andrew Pennington said well 
said you were clearly the winner. So uh, you, you, you impressed all the judges. Um, I, I did something right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, as I said, to be selected from, from what started out as 7,000 entries, it's, uh, it's a great achievement. Now, because you're so busy and you're so in demand, do you get home often? No, not as often as I would like. Um, I hope to get home again at, uh, at Christmas, but not as often as I would like because, uh, yeah, I, I am busy, but um, I'm truly blessed, Gavin. I mean, I love my job and, I, yeah, it's home from home for me as it is for the customers. So I'm one of the lucky ones, thankfully. And uh, when do you get tips or, or do, do, do you ever sort of put a bet on yourself? Because you must have people coming in and you, you, after a while you spot the really good punter who must have some good information. Uh, are you tempted to put on a few bob yourself? I do put on a little few bob. Not, not often. I, I would tend to stick with the numbers and the greyhounds on occasion, but not that often. Do you back um, winners? Oh, I mean, are your bets for winners? Are, are you an each way person? Do you like a Yankee or a, uh, an accumulator? What, what's, what, what, what's your thing? Oh, no, I, got, I go straight for the first. Right, okay. Uh, and singles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. looking for the win. <laughs> yeah, you like to. I get yeah. it, but I'm looking for the win. Yeah, and 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 uh, do odds decide your? You, you, you know, would you bet on a sort of a, a, a short odds favorite, an odds on favorite, or uh, would you sort of uh, try if you got a bit of information? Uh, we'd all go with somebody with long odds, but I'm just wondering what's what's your preference? I always tend to look at the market movers. That's what I do. Now, as ah. I say, it doesn't always work, but I always tend to look at the market movers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Check out the recent post every day, and that's what I do there. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but like, the, there will be people listening to us very envious. You get paid to study form, and yeah, uh, I do, don't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I presume finally, uh, uh, because your person is very uh, focused on your customers, uh, you, you must meet great characters that come in, in c- c- come in and out of the bookies. Well, I'll give you an example. Um, there's three gentlemen here, three Jamaican men. Now, these three guys um, are widowed and there's no one at home, of course. The family has left the nest. And they come in every day and the fun and the banter with these three guys is, is, is just, it's crazy. I mean, they come out with the funniest of things and there's one particular, we call him the the leader of the group. He likes to get things going and aggravate them in the best possible way and then you go away laughing and and just teasing each other and jest and all this sort of thing and you know these guys the the world have nowhere else to go I mean the bookies is where they meet up and it it prevents them from loneliness and isolation and all that sort of thing and that's that's what the bookies is about Gavin you know guys like that and in what other industry would I say I, I am a friend or a mate of a 85-year-old Jamaican man. I mean, it, it, it doesn't happen. So, yeah, that's what the Well, listen, uh, I think our listeners can sense your passion. Uh, no doubt a deserving winner of the Betting Shop Manager of the Year, Sandra Gilmartin. Thank you very much for uh, joining us uh, on uh, the late lunch here on LMFM today. Uh, all the Pleasure, best. Gavin. Thank you. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. New Year low APR finance is now available across the range. 
Just coming up to uh, 20 minutes after two, Gavin Duffy sitting in for Jerry Kelly on the late lunch here on LMFM. Now, I want you to listen out for this because uh, I was surprised to hear that uh, out of um, every 109-year-olds, two of them um, has lost a parent um, and uh, it's 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 tough to lose a parent at any time, but uh, uh, to be so young and to lose a mum or a dad, um, adults struggle uh, with addressing uh, gr- uh, grief. But how do children cope, and how do we best uh, handle it? Um, well, this week is Irish Childhood Bereavement Week, and uh, the. Kirk, senior medical social worker with uh, the specialist uh, specialist palliative care uh, group, joins me in studio uh, to tell us more about it. You're in the hospital this week in the Lourdes Hospital, meeting people um, and just trying to get out some advice to people as to how you might cope in a situation like that. Um, as I said, two out of every one hundred nine year olds lose a parent. D. Yeah, it's quite a surprising, quite a surprising statistic, really. When you read it, I think it's quite stark and it really hits you. And not only that, I think when we think of loss, we also have to think of that it can be siblings, friends, aunts, uncles, um, or any person that a child thinks is significant to them. So anyone in their natural network or in their network that, that they feel is important to them. So. I was saying at the top of the show that, um, you know, wh- when I was a child, uh, luckily I didn't suffer any loss directly in, in in my own family, but in the wider family circle, and I remember a neighbour, um, it, it was all silence, stony silence as regards the children. Uh, we don't want to trouble them. Uh, and uh, I remember a friend, not sure why his mother had passed away. Yeah, and that's really interesting because what I'm here to talk about today is the Irish Childhood Bereavement Network. And I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But um, really what they talk about in the national standards, which they set out in 2015, is how children were known as silent grievers. So really, children grieve really similarly to adults, but it just wasn't as spoken about, as you said, when you were younger. That's how it was... I guess how people just thought it should be and people really didn't know any difference so that's just what they did and children were put to the side and you said that to me you said that you were put aside and that's just how it was and as you said you didn't know the information around what had happened which I guess is why I'm here today to talk a little bit about how do you cope or or what do you say or what do you do when you know that somebody is going to die or has died how how do you explain that to a child? Well then... uh Let's let, let, let's start there with, with somebody is we now know terminally ill. How do you and when do you break the news to the children? So when someone is terminally ill, sometimes I was thinking about this a little bit last night before coming on today. Sometimes in some ways it's a little bit easier because you have time to prepare yourself to prepare the child. Um, we would always say a very practical thing, but, you know, first of all, have the information yourself. So I would of, uh, like often meet families and they'll say to me, well, what do I say? And I'll often say to them, well, what do you know? Because you really, like anything you're explaining to a child, you need to know about it before you can explain it to them. So that's 
the first thing I would say really have knowledge yourself um, and the second thing it's a very practical thing but make sure you have the space and time whether that's in a hospital environment whether it's in your own home or somewhere else to talk to the child and have time you know that no one else is coming in on that time or you know that you're not being disturbed by anyone else um, we would always say be as honest and open as you can be so I'll meet um, a parent or a carer or whoever's looking after a child and they'll say to me well what do I say how do I explain to the child that someone is dying and I'll always say to them well tell me a little bit about them how old are they what are they like you know what do they like have they experienced a loss before has anyone in their life died before because you can have a five year old who's gone on 50 or you can have a five year old who's still maybe at the three or four year old phase so that's something that we would look at as well you know what stage and development is a child at you know and in that way then how do you explain the loss to them Um, so you know stage of development age you know as I said previous loss in their life um, like do they even know what a coffin is do they even know what death means one thing you know one key message that I really want to get out today as well is you know use simple honest language with a child so people often say oh my gosh I couldn't use the word dead or I couldn't use the word died when in fact we are saying that's what you should do because what we hear often so what we hear back so often is that when you say things like they're gone to sleep or you know they you know they're just gone away for a little while then the child is saying well when I go to sleep am I going to die do you know so it's to use clear honest language with a child and mm. um, does any of that make sense so far yeah but you know the real world and you deal with it every day can come at you in a variety of different ways I know a woman who sadly passed in summer of um, 2018 um, in her early 40s uh, died from cancer was a great battler and was battling away and I felt the conversation wasn't held early enough mm. with uh, the children uh, and uh, you know no mam is going to get better and uh, you know I was aware this was being said like when we were talking now weeks rather than months as the final diagnoses were, were, you know, were getting starker and starker. And, uh, you know, I, I presume each family has to handle it, handle it in its own way. But sometimes I think it's, it's, the, it's we adults are frightened of the conversation that the child is, uh, just wants that bit of honesty and, 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 and uh, be, be, be told what's actually happening. Completely. And I'll often hear that back, especially from teenagers, adolescents. They'll say, you know, I really knew what was going on. I was sitting at the bottom of the stairs and I could hear conversations going on around me and nobody would talk to me. But what you're saying is so true as well, because to bear witness to that pain as well, you know, and parents, what do we want to do most? We want to protect a child and they think if they hold the information for longer and longer, do you know what? I'll just wait a little bit longer. Maybe, you know, maybe then it won't be as bad or maybe, you know, things will change. And perhaps as well, Gavin, perhaps they have hope perhaps they have hope that things are going to change so you know if you're watching someone who's in their 40s and is dying maybe you haven't believed it yourself you know and again as I said at the beginning you know you really have to find the words yourself and 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 I guess cognitively know yourself that it's happened before you can explain to a child as well we would often say as well use honest language so you know if a parent has cancer use the word cancer you know explain that you know that they are very sick that the doctors can't you know make them better can't give them medicine for the cancer to make them better and I know that sounds very stark again but a child will appreciate it and will have a better understanding in general for the rest of their life then you know of 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 the reality of that rather than filling in the gaps.
you know, filling in those gaps of, and you know, what does that mean? I, I used to work before my post, I used to work in um, palliative care, I worked in pregnancy loss. And I also remember a child telling me how she had overheard conversations where she had heard dead and mommy and her mommy had gone in and had delivered a, a little baby that had died. And she thought her mommy had died because she filled in the gaps for herself, Do you know, so... I guess honesty is is best, although it's it's very difficult for an adult. And I'm talking about here as though the adult is the the you know surviving parent or the parent that that is alive. You know, it's not always that case. It can be very difficult for a carer as well who's doing that. So that's why I guess we're here. I'm here to talk today about the um, Irish Childhood Bereavement Network and and to get that information out because I know we have a very limited time today, and I'm conscious of your busy uh, slot as well today. But it's really to um, signpost families and carers to where they can get information and um, inform them and advocate, obviously, for the bereaved. Um, you know, yeah, because, um, uh, as I said, if it does happen to a family, it's just... Um, you know, so difficult to deal with it. Uh, but but I I see from attending funerals myself, and sadly for those ones where it's a younger person, uh, a person in their middle years rather than their older years has lost life and there's children. Yeah, they do now get to see the coffin. And um, I, I, I know in my own case, uh, I wasn't allowed to see my grandfather, one of my grandfather's coffin, because I was told I was too young. Now, I wasn't upset that the man had died. I, but the fact that I wasn't allowed, I wasn't big enough to, that actually, troubled me as well you know so and it's so interesting you remember those yeah, things and yeah. you have very um, you have very fine details in yeah. that as well and I guess that's what we're looking at you know with the Irish Childhood Bereavement Network at those finer details and just to steer people towards the website it's www.childhoodbereavement.ie because literally in that website it goes there's a section a drop down section for professionals families even schools because we would look really at who's doing the support the schools are amazing they're doing a lot of that you know they're doing a lot of the holding I guess of the child emotionally a lot of the time and I don't mean that physically I mean like seeing the child every day and being that constant in the child's life so those finer details Gavin even down to how do you explain a funeral how do you explain a cremation you know what do you say let me find the words how, how do I do this you know so that's why you know this week is all about that raising awareness of children and, and that the silence isn't there for them as well that you know the child who is brave that that people will hear them and people will include them as much as they can now it's not always easy but I guess so that what we're saying is it is okay that they're involved yeah but you know I'm sitting here in studio opposite a uh, vivacious uh, elegant person who is part of a palliative care team you're dealing with this every day uh, and I'm sure when you were going through school career guidance you didn't say I'm going to help people you know who are dealing with with death uh, and, and yet it's a job I know that you love doing but also I know the families appreciate the service so much yeah yeah and we are so fortunate what we do and I guess you know what has brought me here today is hope as well and hope that we will see you know a change and as society is changing you know the children will be heard and I guess we are we want them their voice to be heard you know more and more so um within their grief so yeah 
hopefully that can be the case. Well, that, that's Dee Kirk. Uh, she took her wings off before she came in. She was being modest. Uh, but I want to thank, thank you, Dee, for the great work that you're doing. And uh, it is www.childhoodbereavement.ie uh, if people listening to us uh, want to get more information. Dee, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how affordable a new car is in the new year. Welcome back to The Late Lunch. Uh, it's Gavin Duffy sitting in for Jerry Kelly. Don't know about you, uh, I like this weather. Uh, I, I know a lot of people say, oh, it's very, very cold this morning. But if it's if it's crispy cold and it's nice and bright and it's not raining, uh, I think it's a good day. So uh, I, I'm enjoying the weather and I think most people are as well. Now, if you're a foodie, you've uh, no doubt been glued to the latest cooking and travel show, Tastes Like Home, which has been running for the last few weeks on RTE1. At the helm is award-winning TV chef and food writer Catherine Fulvio, who joins me now online. Hello, Catherine. How are you? And how uh, it's going well. I, I, I've I've seen some of the shows. Uh, so uh, wh- where are you as I speak to you now, Catherine? I'm sitting in my farmhouse in Ballynockan in Glenealy in County Wicklow, freezing, thinking of Farrow where I was. <laughs> Aha, yeah, Glenealy County. I, I know it well because I have. Uh, a grand aunt buried there, and uh, we used to go down and visit her in Glenealy when uh, I, I was uh, in short pants. So I've, ah. I've, I've, I've fond memories of that part of the world. And, and Catherine, a small of course, village—that's such a small world. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, and and uh, of course, I taught you how to cook because I think we were on. Well, they call it the six o'clock show. It might have been back in its seven o'clock show days on TV Three. You knew very little as, as a TV <laughs> chef. Uh, you were very dependent on me chopping your onions. I just wanted to. I just want to put that. Totally, Gavin, you did. I, I, I want to put that on record, you know, that, that, that you learn from a master. Yeah, oh, I yeah, did, yeah, I did indeed. Yeah, yeah. So listen, the, 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 the series, uh, we'll talk about Faro in a, uh, the Tonight Show uh, in a moment. Just tell us where you've been so far. So the series is where I take a recipe from generally a home in Ireland to somebody who's emigrated and recreate that taste of home for them. It's quite an emotional journey and it brings me around the world and I get to see where they live and what they eat and what their life is like. Um, So it's lovely. But we've done some reverse stories as well this year where we're taking a recipe from abroad to people who've emigrated into Ireland or immigrated. So uh, we have been in Paris already on the telly and in Boston. The Boston one was incredibly popular last week. Mm. Uh, tonight is Faro, um, and the week after we're in St John's in Newfoundland. Wow! And then we're, the week after that, on December second, we're bringing a recipe from Osiek in Croatia back to Dublin. And then the final episode, December ninth, we're bringing a recipe from Donegal to Portland and Maine and Pelham, New Hampshire. So when you're on location, do, do, do you get time to see, for example, Boston, or were you just so busy filming? Uh, because it's uh, it's an amazing city, and it looked very well. It's a beautiful city. Um, To be fair, it's all work, (laughs) no play. Um, But I enjoy that much of it because we actually do a phenomenal amount in a day. So it's like I get a whirlwind tour of wherever I've been. We might only be in a city for a day or a day and a half filming. um, And you get to see everything. Like you get to see in Boston, for example, we're in Fenway and we're out in the timeout market. And literally we're just 45 minutes in every location. So I get a great taster of it. So for me, it's a bonus. But it also means that the viewer back home 
gets a really good feel for a city. Uh, we've captured it in a short space of time for them. So what was the dish you did in Boston? Remind us and uh, uh, what, were, what, what have been some, some of the previous uh, dishes then? So Boston, um, it was a, a recipe from Owlark in Wexford and it was a chicken paprika. And um, her daughter really missed it. She's based, she works at the university out there. Um, and she, she really missed her mum's cooking. So I recreated that. But then I also always bring my own recipe to the show. And it, I, I did a lovely uh, salad, actually, which probably strange to be talking about it in this weather. But I did a lovely prawn and scallop salad. It was really delicious. Now tonight, there's a fig and chocolate loaf cake. And I'm telling you, oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, but I want to mention snails to you because uh, <laughs> I, you, 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 I think you've been converted, have you? <laughs> Do you know, so there would never be the first thing I'd order on the menu. Yeah. Um, and I, I just have this image in my mind, and I hope I'm not putting your listeners off. But years ago when I was in Sicily with my husband, it was a really hot summer's day and there was a gentleman selling snails on the on the street and it was so hot they were crawling out of the basket and run, not running, but going across the, the pavement and I was going, I'm not eating them. <laughs> so, um, obviously, the ones in Portugal were like streets ahead of this and they were absolutely gorgeous. Now, I have to say, but I would never have ordered them on a menu. I'd be that kind of person. I'd go for now something tell me, a little I, different. As you were eating these uh, snails in Portugal, did you put it out of your head that and, and actually yeah yeah because i just have this thing they'd be crawling around inside me I, I know it's a silly thing but you know that that's it's typically irish isn't it we're not really that adventurous at times are we <laughs> no and i i mean i i'd be considered i consider myself reasonably adventurous but there's a couple of things maybe it's from my time on lords and ladies you know? there's a few things i'd be oh no i'm not eating that <laughs> and the snails would be a little bit like that and but these were beautiful these were cooked in a lovely like packed with garlic and wine and like the way we would cook mussels there was a massive broth with them that was just packed with flavour and they really picked up the flavour of the broth and they were little mini ones as well so it was like you know it wasn't a two bite job if you understand yeah yeah but yeah and, and lords and ladles where you were one of three chefs and you used to do various uh jobs on 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 the on the different programs uh yeah yeah you you, you had to sort of you know a hundred years ago they might have been eating something all parts of the animal were used very much nose to tail dining yeah, yeah very yeah. much so taste like home is not nose to tail <laughs> we can choose what we want oh and do you know the other thing actually in in Farron Portugal we were out oyster fishing and that was so nice to do really really nice I have to say um, because it's something that's very Irish as well and it was really lovely just to taste the oysters from a different country there wouldn't be a patch on Carlingford oysters I just want to say that Catherine so, so <laughs> well, that's but, what I was thinking you yeah, know? yeah 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 and but, you can really taste the environment in the oysters from the sea um, that they come from and obviously the Carlingford ones would be up oh they pack a punch they do yeah well speak, speaking of tastes Cataplana tonight yes um, so what just tell us what that is Gavin Cataplana is the most wonderful fish stew and it is very doable for anybody at home. The Cataplana itself is actually the pot and it, traditionally a copper pot, totally sealed. The lid goes on. You could get away with the Le Cruze style pot if you're doing it at home. And it is just layers of peppers and white wine and more white wine and more white wine and garlic and then you just layer in the fish, obviously putting in the one that takes the longest to cook first, and so on. So there's a, like a, a white fish would go in there, mussels are in there, um, uh, uh, razor clams, all of that. 
um, and it's absolutely lovely. Now, anybody who's been to Portugal may have come across that because it's one of their more traditional dishes around the Algarve and, and Lisbon area. Yeah, and I've been there, uh, like most, like quite a few Irish people have, but I've never been to a bone chapel. So that oh. features... A, what's a bone chapel? It was... Oh, it, that would give you the heebie-jeebies now, to be honest, if you stayed in there too long. It is a chapel and the inside of it is decorated with the skulls and limbs of people. As in, it's like in the mortar around the walls. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you walk in, you go, that's nice. And get out again. <laughs> it's very interesting. It's part of culture, you know, and it's, it's a, it pays homage to the people um, that went before and it's a way of paying respect to the people who went before. But it's an unusual concept now. Yeah. Blend a lock any day now. There's a whole new meaning to ashes to ashes and dust to dust, and you'll be a brick someday. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing that then tonight. Yeah. And also, uh, just tell us a little bit about the Portuguese table. You know, what what's special about that? Well, now, this is a brilliant concept, and it's a company that has set up, and you make your booking online with them, and you say the region you're staying in, and they find a selection or a choice for you of people's homes that you can go into and have a home-cooked meal. So you, it's, like, it's like Airbnb for diners. And you go into somebody's house and they have a nice table set up, usually in the courtyard out the back and the sun's splitting down and you're, it's gorgeous. And they present you with traditional meals and wines. Yeah, because if you're on a two-week holiday, you, you do after a while get fed up of restaurants uh, or, you know, dining in the hotel buffet. So if you wanted to change, you just ring this number and you can go and, and, and dine in a yeah. private home and have the real authentic uh, Portuguese experience. It's an absolute win-win situation. You get to meet real people in their homes and chat to them about what life is like and you know it's a great way of exchanging views and talking about anything and everything from world politics to sustainability and food um, but then you also get to taste a proper home cooked meal which is what Taste Like Home is all about. I know but it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be as good as a visit to Ballynockin House now uh, <laughs> and, and cookery school would it? Well we do we actually have um, we're, we go to, our, our meals go down very well now I say with our guests we grow as much as we can ourselves in the vegetable garden herb garden soft fruit garden and it's, yeah, it's very much home-cooked food. I, I like to cook um, kind of real food, you know, authentic home-cooked food. And it ties in very much with what we're doing in our cookery school as well, you know, teaching people to cook nice, interesting recipes for, for home and inspire them in the kitchen. All right. Well, look at Ed. The lawyers have just slipped in a statement here saying Gavin Duffy has to confirm he did not teach Catherine Fulvio how to cook. She is a brilliant cook and any suggestion that she would lower her standards to Gavin Duffy's is being ruled out here and now. Uh, listen, it's been great fun having a chat with you. The programme is on at 7.30 tonight. It's uh, Tastes Like Home and uh, it's on RT1. And Catherine, great to catch up with you again. Likewise. Thank you, Gavin. Take care. Bye now. Bye now. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. LMFM's Late Lunch. Normally, Jerry Kelly here in the chair. Gavin Duffy sitting in for Jerry today. Now then, would you like to win a car for Christmas? I bet you would. Uh, Scotch Hall. Yeah, the shopping centre, Scotch Hall in Drogheda, in association with LMFM. And Reynolds Fiat are giving away a stunning, iconic Fiat 500, valued at over €18,000. So every time you spend 
50 euro across any of Scotch Hall's 50 plus shops, you'll have the opportunity to uh, enter the car draw. Just pop your entry form into the draw drum located in Scotch Hall and stay tuned to us here on LMFM to see if you're one of the lucky finalists. Every week from now until Christmas, LMFM will announce the weekly winner and the honour falls to me to announce uh, this week's winner. Are you listening out? It's uh, somebody in Termin Abbey Drogheda, and the winner's name is Lorraine Dunn. Congratulations, Lorraine. You've won a €100 Euro Scotch Hall gift card, plus entry into the grand finale card draw, which will take place on Sunday, the 22nd of uh, December. So get shopping. <laughs> now, Sunhill Nursing Home in Termin Fecken scooped not one, but two national awards at the Nursing Homes Ireland Care Awards last week. Pauline Conlon won the prestigious Carer of the Year Award, while Siobhan Carroll and her team won the accolade of the uh, for End of Life Care Award. So they're joining me now. But I'm going to go to Shane Kelly first. Well, my, my old friend, Shane Kelly. Um, Shane, because I, I know the ladies will be modest and won't talk themselves up, but this is uh, a great honour for them to be winning national awards. Shane, you must be very proud of your colleagues. Absolutely, Gavin. Um it, it, it was a fantastic achievement. Um, Pauline, in fact, was nominated last year also uh, for the Care of Awards. She, she didn't win last year. Um, and then one of our families nominated her uh, this year. And we were overjoyed, absolutely over the moon. I mean, she's, uh, she's anybody who knows Pauline, anybody who's had a, any interaction with her here at Sunhill will definitely say, you know, she's the most worthy winner of it. A fantastic carer. Okay, well, look, in the few minutes we have, I want to get to talk to the, to, to both. So I'm going to have a quick word with uh, Pauline Conlon yeah. first. Brilliant. And uh, Pauline, uh, you, uh, I mean, carer of the year. It's in all of Ireland. We're, we're, we're meeting winners all day today on the show. It's, it's great. Uh, Pauline, your, 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 your family must be very proud of you. Absolutely, Gavin. Yes, I um, I come from a family of eight. I lost my my mother passed away when I was four. My dad at eleven, when I was eleven, and my eldest sister looked after eight of us. And she always told me I'd be a carer, and she guided me and my brothers and sisters as well. But to, to get this award, Sunhill. 100% Gavin unbelievable to me and give me the great opportunity to get it yeah and, and why I'm particularly happy and I wanted it uh, included on the programme uh, although I have to say Louise Walsh was very keen for it, that it would be on as well was but like you know Hickwood does a very important job but it comes in and you know it tells you you're in compliance it, it, but it doesn't point out the really good nursing homes like Sunhill and what's been done and what's been achieved and the work that you're doing Pauline which is, which is really special because it's a, it's a vocation what you do it is indeed, Gavin. Yeah, yeah. I have to have great patience and to be able to care for the residents. Like the residents, elderly residents, they worked a lot harder than we are today, Gavin, because they had had all the mod cons that we have, and it's just the respect and everything that they deserve. 
Well, I think there are many people listening to us who have a, a loved one in Sunhill or, or, or had in the past, and they'll be very, very proud of your achievement as well. I'm going to speak to Siobhan Carroll now because Siobhan does something that is very special uh, and, and, and that is help people with end of life care and she is uh, the winner of the end of life care national award. Siobhan um, you, you uh, w- when the award was announced were you gobsmacked? Um, we were fairly astounded you know we were after getting polling her award was awarded first so we were absolutely ecstatic for polling because she is a wonderful carer so when they, the award came up for the Compassion End of Life Care and my name was called out, I was completely stunned, delighted because it's something that needs recognition in nursing homes. Um, but to recognise it in, in out of the top three in Ireland was phenomenal to start with. If, if you don't mind me putting it like this, uh, for a lot of people going to a nursing home, it, it does sort of signal the departure lounge of sorts. It might be a few years. But to have somebody with the special skill set that you have uh, that prepares them and the family uh, for uh, the end-of-life situation, uh, you do something very special, Siobhan Carroll. Historically in the past, entering a nursing home would have been, you know, always seen as, you know, you're at the, the end of the line. But in Sunhill Nursing Home here, we provide activities that some of our residents have never done throughout their health of their life. We've, we do a resident holiday every year, um, which they thoroughly enjoy. The families, you know, get involved in everything we do here. So coming into a nursing home isn't to be seen as the end of life, but our end of life care is exemptional also. Yes, uh, your end-of-life care is heavenly. On that note, I'm going to say congratulations, Siobhan uh, Carroll, Pauline Conlon, and uh, to my good friend Shane Kelly there, who, amongst other things, uh, does a lot for the Irish Heart Foundation. That's how we've soldiered together in the past. Uh, Well done to Sunhill Nursing Home. Well deserved, and I know there'll be a lot of people across the North East very pleased for you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. New Year low APR finance is now available across the range. The Late Lunch with uh, Gavin Duffy, getting a lot of uh, comments and compliments for Pauline Conlon and Siobhan Carroll. They were the two National Award winners at the Care Awards, uh, Sunhill Nursing Home and Termenfeck, and lots of people appreciating it, but also getting a number of calls about other nursing homes all across the North East, so it's uh, nice to see how much they are appreciated. And then I've been asked just to give that uh, web address again. You'll remember Dee Kirk, uh, the social worker, was on earlier on, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of letters in it, so I can see you might be having a problem. www.childhoodbereavement.ie Childhoodbereavement.ie <coughs> Now, I know this is not Dragon's Den, all right? Um, but I believe there is great potential for a beautiful singer to be a crossover artist uh, between um, light opera and pop music. I really do think it's a big thing. And was it 2014? 2014, a girl from Mead was on Britain's Got Talent and... Uh, sorry, seventeen. So you were fourteen. That, that, that's sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, sorry, she's here in studio. I just. Uh, uh, but what I wanted to do was take a clip of because I remember the night. I, I, and mum and dad are here. Where's Daniel? In school. 
Oh, gosh, I'm on Daniel here, right? I got right? to come out. So, so, uh, 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 just have a listen to this, uh, Louise, if you'd uh, uh, play this. This is your... Uh, um, uh, this is brilliant. Let, let, let's have a listen. What's happening there, uh, I remember, is very rarely happens. Four judges, standing ovation. Yeah. <laughs> and Simon Cowell just going to say, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so... Uh, you know, we're going to talk about now, but just briefly, uh, as that's where most people first came across you, yeah. Leah Barneville yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, from County Mead, one of our own. Uh, tell us about... Uh, were you... Were you very nervous? Were you? How are you? Um, I was really excited. Um, I was quite nervous for my audition for the semi final. It, it was. I was so busy in the week leading up to it. I there wasn't really much time to be nervous. I got to the stage and I was like, "Oh God, I'm actually here." And then I was like, "Okay, no, just do it now. <laughs> You're doing it." Um, but yeah, no, it, I was quite nervous for the first one. Um, but no, it was it was amazing. But you know. When you're singing opera, you, you you may not win the top prize, but you know that that can be an advantage with Britain's Got Talent, as yeah. as uh, as we know. So you went so close; we were all so proud of you. Yeah. What have you been doing since? Because I, I I hear you're retiring from the music business only for a few months because Mum and Dad said you have an important appointment in June. So what well, was that? yeah, I'm doing my leave in certain June, but I'm not going to retire completely. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't stop completely because it's like a passion of mine. I couldn't get. To yeah. This hard year with I don't think you singing. should do the leaving search. <laughs> I think you should just go for it. Oh, yeah. God. I think I need something just to fall back on, just in case. Just yeah. leave my options open. Yeah, yeah. You've been listening to your parents. Well, parents are here in studio. Yeah, yeah. They're all <laughs> nodding furiously and they're giving me dirty looks. Right. So uh, you're you're uh, going to take it easy. From, yeah, I'm going to lay off a little bit, but not completely because okay. it is like people still play sports. They still do dancing they still do whatever they want to do in their spare time and singing is my spare time so and sorry I, I was saying that's just my opinion the potential for a crossover artist you know yeah. on the men's side we've seen El Devo and, yeah. and, and, and there are other acts um, is that what you want to do or yeah well I am still young at the moment so I just want to kind you're of you're only a child <laughs> will you stop I, I want to see where life takes me and hopefully I, I love a passion of mine has been musical theatre as well since I was very young I've started off yeah no, see I'm just saying so much talent it could be the west end or it, it yeah it, or both that's uh, that's what i preferably want i'd want to be on go for it all the west. yeah everything broadway yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and the tlt i mean and the venue in rather do yeah. them all do them all everything yeah uh, so listen uh, we, we, 
your parents will want you to do all of the important schooling stuff. Yeah. Tell me about, um, you know, the voice and how you're developing it, because they hit the type of notes you're hitting. <laughs> That's just not done without training. Yeah, well, I'm training with Helen McHugh in Trim, mm. and I've just finished my musical theatre and both my musical theatre and classical um Royal Irish Academy grades uh, in June I did my exams and I got a distinction in both so I was delighted and yeah I'm still working with Helen now even though I finished my um, my singing exams but yeah I still go every week and just practice at home my mum's a great critique <laughs> um, yeah just working because we have to come to the really difficult uh, family problem you had. Your father was not supportive. He would bang the floor, wouldn't he? He would, he <laughs> would stand by. <laughs> I never hear the end of that in school. They're always like, tut, tut. <laughs> This is something you said on the show. Yeah. And poor dad has had to live with it. Since. <laughs> I, I, I believe he's had counselling, so he's got over it. He's got over it. No, dad's very supportive. Yeah. And he and, and my mum both always support me and everything and they drive me absolutely everywhere and oh, no, they're, sure yeah, they're here they're, today they're, so they're here at your show all the time you're going to be paying for their nursing home so you know <laughs> yeah. they, 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 they have to put it in as yeah. well so yeah, yeah, yeah. and they told me they want a holiday home when I'm okay. when I'm rich and famous so. uh, okay. <laughs> well look you, you know have you been following Ch- Charlotte Church with her mother uh, yeah 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 so so you know you'll even do more for them than, than, than Charlotte uh, or is doing She's a great, great, great person. But yeah. uh, talk to me uh, about recordings that you've been doing because uh, we're going to hear something very special shortly. Yeah, yeah. so um, I was, I've been working with Mark Cahill in Crookedwood Studios in Slane there for the last 10 months and I have released my first, my debut single only last Friday. And it's doing really well. It's called Every Time, and I'm so happy that everybody loves it. Um, there's a music video for it as well, which is on YouTube. Is that Britney Spears? Every yes, time? it's oh, a okay. classical crossover of Britney Spears's Every Time. So, wow, yeah. that's different. Yeah, it's different, and it's at parts of the songs unrecognizable, which is what I wanted. I didn't want it yeah. to be a carbon copy. So. Yeah, it's... And you're a better singer than Britney. <laughs> I don't know how to say that now. <laughs> different, different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so every time I look, oh, I'm really looking forward uh, to that. Now, yeah. you're also studying very hard for your Leaving Cert. We'll just yeah. say that again when, yeah. they're, when they're here. Yeah. Uh, you're studying very hard for your Leaving Cert, but you're also able to fit in a few shows. So yeah. where will people catch you? Um, so over the next few weeks, I I get really busy coming up to Christmas because obviously everybody has Christmassy concerts and stuff. Um, but a few of the things I have coming up over the next few weeks is um, I have my own concert on Friday in Rattoth in the venue. Um, and it's in aid of Avian's Pink Tie. And I did one last year in aid of uh, Down Syndrome Loudmeath. And it went really well, so I'm really hoping that it's, the night will be and a great it's, success. It's um, a, a lovely venue. The venue. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's very nice. Yeah, uh, and, and it feels like home to me because I've done everything there since I was since I moved to Rattoth when I was four. So it's 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 like um, it's a comfort zone. Like it's it's such a nice place to be with everyone you know. Yeah, well, uh, it'll it'll no doubt be a full house. Yeah. Uh, where else could you be found? Um, I am performing in Trim in St. Patrick's Cathedral for the classical evening on the 4th of December. And I am in Bally McGarvey on the 8th of December for Music from the Movies, which is a Disney show, which is oh, absolutely amazing. I love Disney. And it'll be great for all the little kids. And it's almost sold out. So if you're interested in coming, 
day tickets are available on Eventbrite. And then the following day, also in Ballymagarvey, I'm singing with Liam Lawton in his Celtic Christmas concert. So I'm, I'm a guest at that. Wow. On the ninth, wow. yeah. You're, you're busy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, the North East has produced some great ones. We've Tara Rott at the moment riding high as an opera singer. Yeah. She'll be in the Met in the new year. Oh, wow. She just finished Cinderella in the board, gosh, and she was amazing. Yeah. And, uh, but you're going to follow in her footsteps and, 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 and uh, do it all. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do is, you know, mum and dad said you need to leave and start to fall back on, etc. No harm to be a radio presenter as well, right? <laughs> so let's just give you a little bit of practice here. Yeah. I'd like you to introduce every time. Okay. But now you're presenting yes. the, your, your Leah Barnival yeah. s- sitting in for Jerry Kelly, because Jerry <laughs> likes to get mentioned. Jerry Kelly, right, late lunch, and you're going to say okay. goodbye to the programme, uh, etc. And... Wrap it up. Okay. Away you go. Okay. I've never been a radio presenter before, but we'll see how this goes. Um, so this is Every Time, which is a classical crossover of Britney Spears' song Every Time. And um, I really hope you all enjoy it.
right, they're fading it there. Th- th- thank you for that dance, uh, Leah. We've just been dancing around this year. She's an amazing dancer as well. And so, so kind to a, a geriatric like myself to, to give me the honour of uh, dancing around the console here. Now, I'm going to open your mic to get you to just tell us where can I get that Spotify, I presume. So, yes, the, that single is available to download on all... Um, platforms and yeah. uh, iTunes, on iTunes yeah, yeah. Apple Music Spotify all the all the usual ones and also the music video is available on YouTube alright well look, thank you so much Leah Barnabas so for much coming for in good you. luck with the leaving cert but more importantly good luck with the entire <laughs> career thank you and uh, we were delighted to have you here with mum and dad thank you so and much. say hello I'm to Daniel to for me and, I will uh, very very <laughs> He's good delighted. Thank all you. right thank you very very much that's where we're leaving you today on uh, the uh, late lunch from LMFM Jerry Kelly's back to tomorrow. Bye-bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors Drogheda Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.